This is Good Friday, and I'd like to take you back to two years in the history of the human tragedy that speak to the deep and grave day we're celebrating. The first date is 1940, when a movie entitled Susan and God was released by a major Hollywood studio. The movie starred Joan Crawford and Frederick March, and depicted a woman who has been converted in England, a high-society Long Island socialite, who returns to her old haunts on the eastern end of Long Island and uh, attempts to convert her erstwhile friends, most of whom are feckless and lazy and what we would say today entitled. Her best friend, it turns out, has been carrying on a long-term extramarital affair with a um, playboy tennis player. And Susan, the converted woman from uh, England now, confronts her best friend, who reacts with tremendous reactivity and sharp antagonism towards her newly pharisaical old friend. But as Susan, the friend, leaves, the camera turns directly onto the woman who's just been confronted, and as it zooms in close to her, you see her say, the actress is named Rose Hobart, she says, why do people never say what they are really thinking? It's an extremely powerful line. Why do people never say what they are really thinking? Now, my word to you on Good Friday is the possibility of saying to God, occasionally to another, but let's start with the most important interlocutor, saying to God what you are really thinking. Now, I say this consciously because, in fact, uh, the uh, movie is correct about that, in my experience. We rarely, rarely say what we are really thinking. It sometimes comes out on a, a, a death. It comes out during a pandemic. It comes out during a time of extreme stress or on the battlefield. And suddenly someone comes out with that preoccupation. Usually it's a wound or a hurt from an earlier phase in their life that is driving their innermost thoughts a great deal more of the time than you might think on appearance. Now, the second moment that I wanted to take you back to is that moment in the story of Good Friday, the event of Good Friday, when the Lord says to his heavenly father what he is truly thinking. And Christ exclaims on the cross, or shall we say, asks on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The question is extraordinarily sincere. He is telling to God, I don't understand this most significant disappointment and this absolute brick wall that I seem to be up against. It calls into question everything that I have been doing and have done, and I am saying to you, why did you forsake me? Now, the power of the question is that it enables a person like you or me to feel entitled to ask the same question, the thing that you are really thinking about. What would be an example or two of this? Why did you arrange my life such that my eldest son took his own life 
in his early 20s. Why did you create a scenario psychodynamically according to which my beloved daughter, the closest relationship I ever had over years and years of inspired, loving harmony and oneness. Why is it that she is so alienated from me at this moment that she will not even call me on Easter? She wants nothing to do with me and has moved far away, and I never will probably ever see my grandchildren again. Why has this happened? Or one more example. Why did you allow me to leave my first husband? He was actually a pretty good guy. And it turns out. And now under, then I should say, under the spell of something I do not fully understand about myself, I left him for the man I'm currently married. And boy, it's not a pretty picture at this point. Oh my gosh, if you only knew what in the world enabled me, caused me to make such a catastrophic error. Why have you forsaken me? Now today is question day. It's your question day. Why not ask the question of God, the deepest question you have, the most absorbing, preoccupying, inward question you ever ask of life, and ask it. And then wait and see what happens. If you don't mind my saying it, Happy Good Friday. <laughs>